1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: hi beautiful humans welcome to episode 31 of conversation i realize now that last time on the podcast that i got the episode number wrong (laughs) it was episode number 30 oh stir the brain you may notice, my friends, that uh, I am slightly hoarse. Nay, in the voice. This is due to the monumental occasion of Rebecca Crow turning. How old am I? Twenty-seven. I'm now in the twenty-seven club. Not that club. The good one. I don't think there is a good one, but I'm going to make it good. I've got a really good feeling about the number seven. Isn't it lucky number seven? That's the thing, right? That's the thing. I'm going to go with that. Anyway, it's looking like a great year for me, and I'm going to start it off with a great podcast episode. I mean, I ended 26 with quite a great one, the podcast. Let's Let's just talk about that briefly, guys, okay? Let's clear the room on that. That was weird, right? <laughs> My last episode. But did you like it? Did you understand it? Would you like to listen to another one? How could we improve it? I want to know all of these things. I want to know what all of you think of all of these things. And the best way that you can do this is Twitter. I love Twitter. i preached about it in the past. It's, uh, let's not go into it now, but not entirely sex worker friendly. They seem to be, in fact, going backwards, as are most companies. You can hear the anger in my voice. You really can, can't you? (laughs) But let me know what you think or thought or currently think about the last conversation episode of the podcast at me on Twitter. You can
0: find me at Cruz.
2: K-A-T-S-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-S. I'll spell that out again for you at the end. I'm probably going to forget that I've even said it, so (laughs) I can't expect you guys to remember it. I set my bar very low on myself. So this week's episode, Beautiful humans, is with an awesome, awesome lady who you have definitely seen her work, 100%, I guarantee you, but you probably do not know her history. Mm. If you've seen ever any person wearing strappy, like harnesses with big old chunky O-rings and lots of straps and adjustable bits, etc, etc, chances are... This beautiful lingerie, and also now fucking fab bikini range that I slayed in at download. It also is made by the awesome person behind Madison lingerie, and that badass bitch is Hannah. Hannah is a queen. I'd actually known her for a few years before I met her. Um, I'll tell you the story of how. We met on the podcast. I don't want to spoil it for you now, but I'm so glad we were finally in a room together because we got on like a house on fire, like old friends. It was super duper fun, and you get to find all of our background, performance history, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're gonna love it! Yay! Speaking of performers, I'm gonna throw in a quick old plug for my next amazing party that disgrace is throwing. If you haven't got your advance ticket yet, you can get one on our Facebook page. It saves you cash for the bar. It's gonna be shots. It's gonna be cold beer. It's gonna be bikini beach babes. It's the whole experience this time, friends. Okay? It's not, um, it's not like our little, um, what's the word? cut down versions. You know, cheaper drinks, cheaper entry. No, no. This is the full ticket price for the full shit bag. We got performances from the whole gang. We've got girls in the bar in the middle playing games with ya. We got go-go dancing on the bar. What? It's gonna get out of hand. It's at our uh, a new venue. It's not new. It's renovated. It's called the Macbeth. It's in Hoxton. It's in London, of course. And if you want to find more info, head over to the Disgraced social media um, at sgdis underscore grace is the Instagram. That's the easiest way to find more info. And uh, I'll be there. So you want to definitely be there. I guarantee it. Promise, promise, promise. <laughs> we want to be there the summer, right? Let's have a bikini beach play party. I'm going to crowd surf on an inflatable. I'm going to dance to some stupid song. It's going to be great fun you should come (laughs) enough of my rambling let's get into this episode my poor voice could do with a rest so once again if you'd like to find me online find me on all social media at cats and crows that is k-a-t-s-a-n-d-c-r-o-w-s and uh i think that's pretty much it for now guys um, I did post recently on my Instagram. You may or may not have seen that I'm entirely revamping Rebecca Crow as a business. So keep your eyes on my social media for news regarding my YouTube, my OnlyFans page, um, this podcast, my merch store, which is currently closed. You will notice, um, upcoming performances and a potential new streaming thing that I'll be doing. It might be MSC, it might be Twitch. If you have any input on that, let me know. Tweet me, comment on one of my things on my social media. Let me know what you want to see from me next. But for now, sit back and enjoy episode 31 of Conversation. When I was growing up, all my role models were met. I didn't see anyone I could relate to in the press, online, anywhere. Now, I'm surrounded with the most phenomenal women. They've each endured unique hardships and survived. More than survived, they thrive. But still... Women are not equal in the world, not represented in the media, not treated equally online, and still subjected to sexism in everyday life. Alternative women especially are more a hashtag than they are real humans. I want to change that. I want you to see the women I see. I want you to hear them. This is conversation. Hi, beautiful humans. Welcome back to Conversation. Station. I've got an awesome lady with me today. I've traveled far across the country. It's not really that far. It was like two and a half hours from my house. <laughs> to go to a workshop today for Boomtown Festival, which was really fun. And I happen to be in the same area as this awesome chick. She is a creative force. You have 100% guaranteed. sin her work on somebody that you know and you've loved it, like there's no other function. Please welcome Hannah from Malice Hello, thank Hi you Hannah. for having
3: me today. Yes, so thanks nice for agreeing.
2: How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Yeah. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, yeah. Tired after my workshop, been very creative, yeah. etc. cetera. Um, but you know all about that, don't you? Uh, yes. You're a performer, so no, is so nice. how you started in the industry?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was working as a seamstress at the time, cool. freelance. And also performing. I was doing a lot of burlesque at the time, kind of that was pretty much my main income. Yeah. Um, mainly just because it was a way to travel. Mm. Um my income was quite low and I was kind of bored just going to the same pubs and clubs every yeah. weekend and it just kinda of gave me a way to see things I wouldn't have seen otherwise and yeah. go to places. Totally, I can relate. I've, yeah. It's taken me to some, like,
2: crazy places in the world.
3: Yeah, some, I think some of my best stories are from performing. Really? And, like, all the crazy situations you end up in because so you just kind yeah. of uh, get on a plane and you're going exactly. to this club and you're, like, you don't know these <laughs> don't people. Really. And you're just,
2: like... <laughs> no, none of them speak of the great English. Yeah. Like, oh, and you're, like, in a country, you haven't always got, like, the best itinerary and just, like... If yeah. I land and there's no one there, I don't know what I'm gonna do for three days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just
3: like I guess then I'm staying at this person's house and that's fine.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> <Have you got laughs> like always, like yeah.
3: always It's always been great. It's always been great. But have you got one story that sticks out in your mind at all? Right. Well, probably one of my favourite stories when we did a show in Norway at a bar called Bastard Bar. Cool. Which was amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> this and is amazing. We got off the plane and saw the Northern Lights, which was just incredible. And then we were in the newspaper, and they'd done this headline and everything, and we were like, what's it say? And they were like, it says you're touring the world throwing away your clothes. And I was like... <laughs> throwing away? just throwing them away. And I was like... <laughs> <This> <laughs> quite act, kind of accurate, yeah.
2: <laughs> just a note here, guys. I forgot to say in the intro. I've got the wonderful Vaughn suicide with us. She's sat in the corner, deliriously tired. But if you hear a deliriously tired giggle... <laughs> That one there, that's from one. <laughs> oh, so Hannah, so tell me, like, how did you get into performing? Like, what really inspired you to do it apart from the travel? Like, what kind of performing did you do and stuff? And how did you get? Into
3: well, it? I was, I danced from being age three to being 15 so you natural performance. yeah and I loved it and then when I was 15 I was diagnosed with ME oh. and I had to stop dancing basically I didn't really go to school very much anymore I yeah. still kind of got some GCSEs um and then as I got sort of towards my early 20s and I was feeling a bit better and it was something that I, I missed so much yeah but I didn't have the the energy to kind of go and do it how I used to do it. Mm. Because I was in, like, ballet, tap, like, modern, freestyle, everything. Everything. Competitions and all of that. Did you travel a lot with that as well? No, that was all quite local. Uh, Quite local stuff up in these. It's
2: exciting though, isn't it? Like, once you get the kind of, like taste of
3: that competition
2: stage life yeah. like oh, I need it <laughs> yeah
3: and I just loved the dancing and it just seemed I'd been to a few burlesque nights and it just seemed like something yes. I might enjoy doing mm. so I went and did some classes as a way to meet people really yeah and then kind of went from there and that's how I met some of my best friends actually yes. who were performers as well amazing and we kind of be at the same shows and you just kind of hang out don't you yeah you,
2: you do it's, it's a really nice family like yeah I know if I go or if I get sent on in an international with a company that I know um, I think Surface wow, well. you work for them as well? Yeah, you? Like, yeah, yeah. Then you know there's guaranteed to be people there that you know, isn't it? Yeah. If you turn up at a club one night and you're feeling a bit tired and you're like, or one of your friends will turn up and you'll be like, oh, thank God they booked you as well. Yeah. It's, it's just a nice so e nice.
3: Yeah. So that was kind of how I got into that. And then one of my friends, we started performing a lot together and we got into doing the fire stuff, the awesome. sideshow stuff. So I was kind of doing a lot of that for a while. I kind of moved away from the more burlesque stuff. Yeah. When I started out as quite traditional. And then moved more into doing like the fire stuff, the sideshow mm. stuff. Because I preferred the reaction that you got from doing that stuff I'm exactly more. the yeah. same.
2: What kind of sideshow did you do?
3: I did. Uh, so nails at the nose. Oh, I love that one. Cigarettes on the tongue. Yes. Body stapling. Oh, yes. Glass walking. Ah, I've just started doing uh, this. Mental flossing oh <laughs> yeah,
2: we have a, a performer at disgrace that does that called um tigress she does it so well she's a balloon swallow and then she pulls out her ass and then she flosses with it that's amazing <laughs> it's an extra level of gross just Obviously, it wasn't in her outfit, but i mean i don't know maybe one day she's feeling a bit weird she's like i'm gonna put it that in the back
3: incredible
2: <laughs> it's, it's a great reaction to like
3: shock people isn't it yeah definitely especially when you, you're kind of used to just getting on there you have a dance and it's pretty and that's lovely and it's fine and it's great and people love it but sometimes it's more fun just to do something where people are like oh my god what
2: the hell are you doing that's disgusting it's just weird, (laughs) isn't it i don't know why but there's something so so satisfying about it yeah being the shocker isn't it a little part of you that's just like yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. you're like me you're like a proper like i want to be weird and freaky were you like that when you were growing up were you like that in school
3: yeah like kind too. of like a little ball really kind of like one of the little alternative kids yeah and like, but I was super shy really at school like painfully shy like Aww. couldn't answer questions in class and stuff I'd I go like bright red younger. and like drop of a hat and yeah stuff. and then I think as I got older you kind of realize if you ever want to do anything you just have to push through this you do and just try and get on with stuff and you yeah. just kind of make yourself like a bit of a fake it till you make it kind I, of that thing that was my mantra
2: for a long time she yeah that really that helped you with performing yeah or like, definitely you know, forming, she
3: wanted to be more confident definitely wanted to be more confident and performing I still found it like very much I would get so anxious and so really? nervous but I just still enjoyed the, all the opportunities that i brought i thought yeah. it was totally worth it
2: yeah for sure so you've traveled the world what's your favorite place you've been
3: oh god favorite place probably oh, i always loved germany did you germany's really cool i did a little
2: tour oh, in germany my... i found hamburg they're
3: the, the oh, reaper yeah. band yeah oh, i was like what is this magical place oh, my god. did you ever work at the queen calip Cal- Queen Cavalera? Calavera? I don't know. There was a burlesque a club there. A, really? Yeah, just opposite the Rupert <laughs> Barn. Oh, New I Scottish think I, there.
2: I performed at a venue... It was with the Black Art Burlesque, the Suicide Girls Art yeah. Burlesque, and it was... I can't remember when it was, but yeah, it was just a little bit far away from the reaper Barn. Yeah. And then oh, everyone was like, have you been to the reaper Barn Oh, Ha, ha, so funny. And I was like, no, what is this Reaper Barn? We turned up, and we went to just the first club and it was straight away, immediately a strip club, obviously. And all of us were there, like, dancing on the tables. We were making, hor- you know, those horrible patrons in <laughs> take over, and all the girls were like,
3: you're ruining our business. And we were those girls who we were like, I'm oh so <laughs> sorry. But it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Germany is super cool. I um, worked in Shanghai for four months for oh, wow. Circle Swar, actually mm. when they opened a club there. How did you and find that? Was, it was really cool. It was probably the biggest culture shock I've had because yeah. it's the first time I'd been to Asia mm-hmm. and just being in a country where you can't, you can't read the words, you can't, say the words correctly. If you can't even read that, even
2: trying to say the language. Yeah. And just
3: said that was just trying to get by with that. But it was great. And was, I was with a great set of people as yeah. well. So it was fun. Did you have
2: to be more covered up in Shanghai? Was the rules about performing different?
3: No, it was okay, actually. Yeah. They were pretty much, I think... They they might have been, but they were disregarded. Yeah, oh, I think oh there
2: they're worse. So <laughs> yeah, away with yeah. a bit more nifty. A bit more nifty. <laughs> String and some glitter. Yeah, so
3: that's, good to that's go. What, If I ever forget <laughs> yeah, my nipple pasties, yeah. I get
2: someone's eyelash glue yeah. and then just cover my nipples in glue. Yeah, dunk them in a pot of glitter. You're
3: good to go. Good go. Paste. Yeah. Go. yeah.
2: <laughs> Do you think performing inspired you in your kind of development and inspiration behind Malice Lingerie?
3: Yeah, definitely. Especially the people that I met yeah. as well. I think being around such um confident women as well. So you kind of people like to wear these yeah. kind of more extravagant things mm-hmm. and People just have these amazing costumes and things as well. Yeah. And I've always loved lingerie from being really young. i found it just fascinating. Yeah. And I remember kind you of- You have
2: drawers full
3: of it when you're a teen. I do, I mean I do now. You <laughs> do you like, hey. yeah. <laughs> I call it a collection to try and justify <laughs> it. But it's just like How upsetting. much of your house approximately does it take over? So it's only like three drawers, but <laughs> I had to like watch Marie Kondo and try and sort it all out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really have like what what
2: category I guess it falls into the <sighs> Yeah, category, there wasn't
3: as much as I wanted on underwear, I was like, <laughs> like in it for like extras.
2: And you <laughs> so, help like this bra is amazing and it's worth hundred pounds. I can't throw it away.
3: Exactly, but now it's amazing. It's so organized. It's, I can find all like set. sideways, like
2: she does with the folding t-shirts. Yeah, everything's done. Like all, all my
3: it. g-strings, I uh, literally spent an evening folding g-strings, <laughs> a long like five hours. But now it's done. and it looks great. just come and
2: <laughs> my yeah. like, a string and i like.
3: And so like, how do you fold it? And you're just like that. And then you're probably it up that. your
2: little <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> this is amazing. So when you started making Malice lingerie, was it just kind of for you, for your performing career, and for other performers?
3: Yeah, mainly for me. Yeah. And then I would have people ask me where I got them from mm. and want to buy them, like friends, really and so from there I started selling on ebay yeah oh really then, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, how was that eBay? how was your experience with
2: good. ebay good I don't yeah. think I've spent someone that's vended on yeah eBay. I had
3: a good well malice actually when I was in college I yeah. went to college and did uh, fashion design at mm-hmm. our college and I started Malice then as a company where I was buying men's t-shirts, band t-shirts. Yeah. And making them into halter tops for girls. Oh my god, so cool. And selling them on eBay. And I had a little logo that I'd hand-drawn and let my brother scanned it in for me. Wow, so I,
2: I love this. You're like an enterprising woman from <laughs> yeah. the
3: get-go. And then when I needed a business name, mm. I just kept coming back to that. and so Did you feel like it's to- like... Yeah, that's part of your I mean, it's kind, kind of, of sentimental.
2: Yeah, thing, but. that's really cool. So, have you always known you wanted to really like sell and like make a career out of designing and making lingerie or just clothes in general? It
3: kind of came. I kind of fell into it when I started making them and people wanted to buy them. But I'd always thought. um Because when I was diagnosed with the ME and everything, Mm -hmm. my health wasn't that great. And I'd really struggled working full-time jobs. Yeah. I'd do it for a few months and then my health would deteriorate and stuff. So I always wanted to work for myself yeah. because although I can work full time hours, it's really important that I can, like if I'm tired in the afternoon, I can go home and then just work more hours the next day. If I wake up well, in the good morning, that have that flexibility. yeah, and it's been the best way to manage my illness actually. Really? So that's kind of yeah. Let's talk more crap. about your
2: illness. Like, what impact has that had on your life apart from mm. obviously in the beginning stopping you from dancing?
3: Yeah, quite a lot actually. Um, I kind of well, I ended up going to art college and studying fashion, because mm. I really wanted to do A-levels, but it was going to be too much work, and I didn't want to do nothing, Yeah. but then obviously, that has kind of led me to where I am yeah. now, because um, after college, I wasn't very well, and I took a couple of years out, and then I was music reviewing, and I was like, I want to be a music journalist, oh, so, <laughs> yes. jumping all over the place, yes, I went to uni and did media studies, oh, and cool. then, my health got bad about halfway through my course, so oh I dropped my. out then. So
2: you t- you were forced to drop out? Yeah. It was that bad?
3: And then I was just kind of back at home living with my parents and just doing a few odd bits and that's kind of when I got into performing and I started working freelance as a seamstress and then I was kind of like... And then it's all flowed. I should just do my own company while I'm working for other people when I could just work for myself and make the things I want to make.
2: Yeah, and you can look after yourself better. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see it as a way and something that has guided your life towards where you are now? Do you think you would be in the same position if you didn't have Emmy?
3: It's hard to tell because sometimes I think maybe... I could have done so so many different things like dancing mm. or anything like that that I wanted to do. But then also, I think in a way, um, it took the pressure off having to come out of school and get a full-time job and a career because yeah. it wasn't an option. Oh, so in I see. a way, yeah, I feel like it gave me like the freedom to explore more creative yeah. routes that maybe I wouldn't have been brave enough to try if I'd had the security that's of like so a regular true. job. Yeah,
2: I guess that's the way the world funnels you, doesn't it? Yeah, if you fit into the way the world works, they try and make you into another cog in the machine. Yeah, you immediately straight away had something that made you stand out from those people. Yeah, and so it's then made you, this,
0: you this wonderful kind of
2: just... business that you have is <laughs> your studio that we're sat in now. Yeah. So, we are for those of you at home that can't see, we're sat in Hannah's studio at the moment, and it's so organized and it's incredible. It's like a full functioning proper business as you would imagine but let's roll it all the way back to the beginning give us like the history of malice oh god well
3: <laughs> so, no, for a few years it was definitely run from home from my bedroom yeah which was quite intense um of just waking up at work in work literally in and then going to sleep at work <gasps> and that That's was stressful. quite a lot and then especially when I was Living in shared houses and oh there's just gosh. like bits of black thread everywhere. Yeah. And your housemates are like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, li- you're literally
2: inside it the whole time. Yeah. And I so. S- similar when you're you begin performing and all your costumes
3: are all around yeah. you. And you're like, oh. And just finding that work life balance. Yeah. Because I feel like when it's your business as well and you can work, then you do work. Yeah. Whereas that's so true. It was when I'd moved to Bristol and I think maybe only three three, four years ago mm-hmm. was when I actually moved into a studio oh. and I kind of first had a desk space and then I was kind of hopping around yeah, trying to find the right studio space because mm. I really want to be in a shared space a bit more social. Ah, I see, yeah. That's yeah, quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, because most of the time I do have some help with my list at really busy times. But most of the time, it is just me. Yeah. So it's just, like, me in this room. And it can get a little bit lonely. But yeah. I did find with shared spaces, because I have so much stuff, there was just never... Really, yeah. Never I enough space. Li-
2: I'm looking around now, and I see lots of little bits, you yeah. know.
3: Yeah. So much, yeah. A lot of <laughs> So tell me about
2: some of the other studios you
3: had. like. So I had one, <laughs> yeah, which was just a tiny desk space, um... So I was just like, I don't even know how I fit everything in there. Really? It's just like shelves under my desk, like oh. shelves behind me. like <laughs> literally shelves all over, everywhere. hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and then I moved into one that was above a shop. Yeah. Um, But that was kind of restricted working hours. And obviously, oh, for that's me, quite it needs yeah. to be quite flexible. And then I moved into another one and had a little kind of like cubicle there. And everyone else was kind of doing graphic design and things like that oh, but right. people would come in and just put their headphones on and work oh, so I think so it's not a lot of people yeah yeah for a lot of people it's their other job like they have at work as so well so true. they just want to come get on with what they want to do. Get their passion done. Yeah. They don't want and to socialise. Yeah. yeah. So when uh-huh. I first moved into my own space, I was like, this is actually the way to go. It's a bit
2: nicer, yeah. Yeah. you complete control, aren't you? you?
3: can put on whatever you want to listen to. Yeah. And you don't have to like, worry about still getting <laughs> annoyed
2: with you. Over and being like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 19 <laughs> smashes over again. Please stop. <laughs> yeah, I would drag people up the wall. Like, as much as I think as a self-employed person, I miss the...
1: Planning for your next trip?
2: Yeah. I wouldn't trade working for myself for anything. It's yeah, like, the freedom of it. Like you say, being able to take the days off when you need to. Yeah. It's a huge, huge, like, difference in my life. And Definitely. my health and my happiness, I think.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, though. When I was first kind of self-employed, people would be like, that's amazing. I would love to be self-employed. Mm. And I feel like a few years on, people are like, I would never want to do that. Yeah, because like, they've fixed seen the income you've gone through. You don't, like, have that security. Yeah. And they just don't want that at all. And I think that probably is... The downside of it is that you don't have that security of having... That's so true. You don't know how much money you've got coming in at the end of the month. Yeah, I always
2: tell people that are newly (laughs) self-employed, I'm like, you won't know if you're going to hit rent until rent day. Yeah. Because you could literally make most of your rent even the day before.
3: Yeah. You could on on like a last-minute booking or a last-minute order or something like that. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. You kind of be like, oh, this time last year I made this much, so I'll probably make that much this month. Yeah. It's just you just don't know. It doesn't, does it? Yeah. No, exactly.
2: As a lingerie company... I feel like it It would be quite easy to plan around like Valentine's Day and Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you ever get so overwhelmed that you're literally just like, I'm, I'm
3: going to drown in work? Black Friday. Really? Yeah, always. Oh, how mean, many orders do you take? Do you take like hundreds? It is, yeah, it's like a month worth wow. of orders in a weekend usually. So I try and be more prepared for it last year I had someone helping me the weeks running up to it just oh, making really? stock so you yeah, had loads of stock yeah because usually great like idea. Black Friday I'm like in the studio early ready ready to go <laughs> and the daughters <laughs> oh, yeah. are like flying in and then last year I was just like oh, this is so much easier I <laughs> do this all the time yeah and then the girl was moving, helping me move to London yeah, yeah. great for her obviously for yeah. fashion jobs but you're like well, 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 well but I need you yeah. please stay
2: here <laughs> yeah. do you have any advice for any other self-employed people like kind of going about it on your on your
3: own uh, I would say the best thing is to just start just do just start doing it and yeah. whether that's coming up with your name or your branding or getting some pictures or refining your products mm. or whatever just make sure you start because otherwise you'll just think about it forever really and say yes to everything that yeah. comes up. Like opportunity. exactly what i did when i started yeah i
2: was drowning absolutely <laughs> and
3: you don't know how you're going to do it at first so you panic But you're just you like, don't know how you can do it yeah just say yes you'll figure it out yeah you absolutely will and i think that's just, the best
2: way to learn because if it's something yeah. you don't have a solution to currently you'll die you'll try damn fucking hard to like yeah make it i'll be like i need to exactly. solve this yeah will
3: be i mean the first time i did wholesale for a big company oh, they wow. emailed me and i remember getting this email just being like is this even is this real? Yeah. And like going You're on LinkedIn and like me. checking. Yeah. And they were kind of like, yeah, do you do wholesale? And I was like, yeah, no, like, can you send us your line sheet? And I was like, sure. It's and a line I was sheet. like,
1: what's the line sheet? Exactly. Yeah. I,
3: was like, I was just like, yeah, get sure. it to you after the weekend. I was just yeah. like, online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <that's so laughs> uh, Google is honestly your best resource, as yeah. it? like a business. Yeah, and for anyone's stats as well, there's a um, a website called Indie Retail Academy. Mm. And they are so good for anything oh, really? like that. And what I'm, was that again? Indie Retail Academy. Spelled,
2: spelled like indie? Yeah, I-N-D-I-E. Like yeah, um, indie Retail Academy yeah how okay.
3: useful yeah and you can just buy these sets and I remember just buying their yeah. like what wholesalers want guide and just like reading and trying to put Brilliant. this catalogue together with a like template I bought off Etsy because I didn't know how to use Photoshop yeah Just
2: I send it off and how many skills do you think you've developed just like on the fly oh my literally god all of them yeah literally <laughs> all of them yeah
3: I think it's so much more than if I'd done business or something like that I think you can yeah. learn so much more when you're just put in a situation where you just have to figure it out yeah everything. I think
2: so I think that also not going to uni to do this kind of stuff so too well because people come out of uni with all this knowledge but no like real application of it yeah. and I would feel like I would come out thinking I know so much and then when I realized I didn't know how to apply it to the world of actual business, I'd feel like such a failure, you know? Yeah. Whereas absolutely. I think learning on the fly, when you learn a new skill or someone teaches you something, you're like, oh, I feel really good. Like, I feel like I've progressed on myself this this time. Like, I've really, like,
3: learned something, which yeah. is really good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably one of my favourite things about it, is yeah. learning the new skills and everything. It just kind of keeps it fresh and It does. Every day is different, and, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Have
2: you ever encountered any really big problems that you've had to, like, navigate?
3: Probably... The wholesale thing again. The first yeah. one, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Really? And it was the first time I'd had to employ people to work for oh. me, about 12 people. Wow. And I'd never managed people before, and it was a very steep yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, I pulled a lot of all nighters. and I'm mean, we going to do a show in Norway about halfway through this order, and just I've been up all night long, gone straight oh to the my airport. My friends, I was, and like, you're still doing like, the performing as well. Like, yeah, well yeah. that was that was my only show, and I was like, oh, I can't right. cancel it. Um, oh yeah. Just being laid on the airport floor, with my head on a box of tampons, just trying <laughs> to get some sleep because I'm so <laughs> exhausted. Oh God, <laughs> just past caring. You're amazing. <laughs> like, I thought
2: I was doing all the now. Yeah. i'm a serial airport really? i almost i've missed the flight once because i slept outside oh. the like you know how they have the secondary passport check yeah you go through sometimes i was like it's fine i got stuck in a yeah. queue there I missed my flight i was at the airport oh. three hours before oh <laughs> just, no I don't know. It, it, was, it was a Ryanair flight though so I wasn't that mad and they got us a flight the next day because i convinced them it was their fault yeah i was like there was a huge Excellent. queue it wasn't my fault i was yeah. waiting yeah. in line the whole time <laughs> just to your eyes closed yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. I'm, I'm horizontal on the floor but i have saved my space i'm supposed to Like, you know I'm here, I've checked in, come on. (laughs) So you speak about employing people and stuff like that. How has it been, like, as a creative in this kind of community? Is there, like, a nice supportive community like there is with performing around kind of, like, design and clothing, etc.?
3: Yeah, the people that I've met in Bristol have been great. Yeah. And it's been really nice to form one. I have had shared studios, actually, especially my last one. Yeah. It was private studios, but I shared communal space and meeting people there was really cool and it's just really nice to spend time with people even if they're doing very different things people that are still having to be self-motivated and go out and get their own business and things like that and you can just have really interesting chats with them there was a Company called Demoness who make these like amazing guitars like for <gasps> death metal bands and stuff. Sounds really
2: cool. Yeah, there's. Awesome. I really companies run by women. Because I'm
3: all about women. Yes, women there's a yes. called Splendett who do vintage repo jewelry, and she Eva, who runs that, actually has a studio in this building. Oh, now, brilliant! Lovely. What's that, what's that jewelry company again? Splende. Splende. T E. Splendet Like
2: corvette
3: the yes. i'm trying to think but where the round are? Yeah, well, there's that, definitely a word for a female that ends in an it but i can't think of anything <laughs> there's a, oh, lady k loves as well which is like a 50s clothing oh cute and she's just so lovely um and my other studios there's a girl called madwag who does like festival stuff mm. and yeah just loads of like yeah yeah It's of cool cool women doing cool stuff
2: I like that. I, like, we always discuss this, don't we, that woman led enterprise is yeah. fucking amazing. Manus is an amazing company and I love them so much and I love you so much because you sponsor Disgrace, obviously, my yeah. women-led company. And I think it's so great that all these women-led businesses are linking up because while there are so many other great businesses in the world, I think it's really important for other women to lift up other women because there's plenty of male-led businesses in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking wild. And it can be hard to stand out sometimes, so I think it's really important for us to stick together, etc. Yeah. How would you find, when you began Malice, there was quite, a I feel like, a lot of lingerie, strappy companies around. Yeah. What do you think you did differently to make yourself stand out and then also endure the test of time and establish yourself as a full business?
3: I think, for me, it was kind of going with what felt authentic to my brand. Yeah. I think when I started, a lot of things I read said, look at what your competitors are doing to, for inspiration and stuff. But for me... I would it just didn't work if I looked at other people's companies, yeah, and they were doing something I wasn't doing? And I'd be thinking, Oh, maybe I should be doing something like that. And yeah. then it just didn't feel authentic to what I was doing. Mm. So I think just go with your gut feeling on things and just always trying to improve as well, like yeah. better quality, faster shipping times, like better materials as well. Not just resting, yeah. on the fact that it's going okay at the moment. Always plan ahead, yeah, and you want people when they buy something from you, like they've worked hard for that money and it's amazing that they want to spend it. That's true, yeah. Why should people part with their cash with you specifically? So you want them, I want people when they get their pieces to just love them and yeah just, you know when you get that feeling you know what i love about something. receiving
2: boxes from malice is they come yeah. in the box and you get the tissue paper and yeah. the cute and the little bag yeah. and the signs like, you, the devil is in the detail yeah. yeah it really is and malice just hits it every single time Thank for you. me like i ever since i've received packages from you it's like a few years now yeah. and the way you've i've seen you develop and the way i've seen you add new lines into your company is really inspiring like honestly i love malice so much so, I think I discovered you um, obviously through my friend who is a performer, um, our mutual friend Lizzie. Um, but also, I think I discovered Malice because it was everywhere on social media when you first started and it is
3: still now. Yeah.
2: How's your experience as a lingerie company on social media? It's,
3: it has been great. Yeah. <laughs> up until this I'll point. Until now. Oh, oh, really. This is what I'm leading
2: to. Yeah, I mean,
3: starting out, Instagram. Was just incredible for reaching people yeah. and to get your my work out there for people to see it, but um unfortunately it's not quite the case anymore. It's really not, and is I'm it? definitely at a crossroads with how to proceed with marketing and media and how yeah. to reach the people that want to see what's new and want to see those things. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to do it at the moment, and obviously the thing going on with Instagram at the moment has definitely taken a toll. Do you think, have
2: you noticed it, like, financially in your business? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really? I can
3: see the hits to my website are down. Oh. Everything is... Wow. So it's quite obvious is that, that it is impacting your business. Yeah, literally over the past couple of months. And then obviously it's hard to tell as well. So you're like, oh, is it just my content? Is yeah. It just, am I not getting a good response? Is mm-hmm. it not good enough anymore? Do I need something else? But... live it up, yeah. The sort of things that would have got a great response now I get such a small response.
2: Yeah, it's, it's quite obvious, isn't it? Like, the... Yeah. So, like, I've heard of... A lot of, um, obviously, sex workers have been disabled. A lot yeah. of, um, even, like, fitness models, pole dancers, etc. Um, and even some clothing brands, like a club night clothing brand has been disabled. They had their account disabled, I think, because uh. they just had, like, skimpy two-pieces. And, obviously, girls wear them when they're going out. And, apparently, there's all poses and stuff that is, make it so overtly sexual. And, I guess, with lingerie, it's so hard to make it not sexy. Because it's yeah. designed to make you feel sexy, isn't it? Yeah. So, how are you supposed to market that, in a way through a platform that is advertised as a business tool
3: yeah. in a non-sexy way. It's hard. It's hard. Like, a girl just stood there in a bikini or something, and they're, like, too sexy. And it's like, how else is she supposed to wear it? She's just stood
2: exactly wearing it. And then where's the line as well? Like, if a girl's allowed to advertise a bikini, but a girl's not allowed to advertise her website in a
3: bikini... Yeah. I
2: don't know, it's a
3: similar thing, don't you think? Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's really hard to know. And, yeah, I mean... I've had people say that they have they can't find my account because when oh, really? they type it in it comes up you know low I've down heard the that's list. I've with my account as well. Yeah. yeah,
2: I've been um obviously I've been like checking my account and stuff to see how band I am from my my cat's account which is where I. Moved over to when I was (laughs) (laughs) so It's my cat account. It's just like my spy account now, (laughs) which is great. Um, But yeah, I was just checking all this stuff, and there's a few people I've noticed that show up lower down. Like, if you try and search for Suicide Girls profile on Instagram, even though it is um, verified, and they don't appear to suffer from the same shadow bands as us, and they seem to have this kind of celebrity status privilege that I keep going on about, that people are immune to it, but they still show up halfway down the search. It seems, even though... They want to give people this privilege. They still have some weird overriding moral issue
3: with yeah.
2: women empowering their bodies through social yeah. media.
3: It's it's crazy. And I mean, think when when people do search and that's not the top, people assume the account's just gone.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. isn't it? And on um on Twitter, if you try, you know the auto prompt that comes yeah. up. Um, if you type in my name, it won't come up. You just have to type it in trust. Yeah, hopefully that it is oh, my fucking account. So I, I know, it's ridiculous. Um,
3: I think we're all just going to have to go back to mail-in lists. Yeah,
2: I think so. Like, Is that what you're thinking? Is that your like, of Yeah, definitely. Step? That's yeah. going to be the
3: next step. It's one of those things... I wish I'd started yeah. collecting email addresses mm. when I began my Can you not use them
2: off the orders? No,
3: it's or
2: is that okay. like a thing of Yeah, I'm Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of red tape around that, isn't it? Because yeah. there was that data law
3: yeah. that came in. Do you, you have to? Everyone before. has to opt in and, yeah. and stuff. But that would be a great fact if anyone starting a business. Yeah, it's a mailing list, Collecting a mailing list <laughs> straight away.
2: Top tip. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? As a club night, um, disgrace my company. We started off doing a lot of flyering, a lot of physical promo, then we moved very much online. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our ads just keep getting, um, just refused now. Yeah. Either Apparently the, if a photo has too much text on it, which I kind of get because it could be spammy, but then sometimes if there's too much skin or a girl with even too much cleavage, Facebook will refuse the ad. They won't even take my money. I'm wow. like, take my money.
3: Yeah.
2: Have you had an experience with that?
3: Yeah, someone said to me that their tattoo artist, actually, who was having a similar problem, oh. tattoos a lot of pinups, yeah. and she said she'd found... Paying for advertising had really helped to engagement, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll give that a try. Yeah, but my adverts were just refused to the point where it was a flat lay picture of a bikini, so just a really? bikini laid on a table, and they were like, wow, no. <gasps> and I did actually appeal that, did and you? then they were like, oh yeah, actually, that's okay. But then my followers dropped and my engagement dropped. I was like, ah, Do you think they flagged your account then? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because when we,
2: get our, when we try and put ads up, they automatically get refused. Yep. I think I've been, we've been reported so many times that they're just assuming that we are rule breakers. Yeah. It's definitely a stigma. And I think it really adds to the stigma against sex workers and yeah. anyone that's having these kind of issues with Instagram.
3: Yeah, and I've heard like what you're saying about clothing accounts, so, yeah. like latex accounts being removed oh and stuff. Oh my gosh, of course. Literally just dresses, but made <gasps> of latex. Yeah. And, the gone, and that's overtly sexual. Yeah, and it's hard to know. <sighs> yeah. If, like, what do you do? It's just frustrating when you have spent this time building up this way, and it's the best way still for you to connect it with your it? customers.
2: People keep saying this to me. They're like, "Why don't you just leave Instagram?" But
3: like, and go where? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's exactly
2: yeah, what I say. Like, like, it's, the, it's not the biggest user base, but it's definitely the most active user yeah. base. Like, I've, I feel like I've grown with Instagram. I've had my Instagram for almost a decade. How long has it been around? I think it's been around for like nine years or so. Yeah. It? So I've had my account for so long, and the feeling you get when somebody just dis- deletes that, that's my whole yeah. career. I've basically been fired
3: yeah. you know, by someone that I've never even met. Yeah, and it's an so amazing bizarre. way to reach your customers and people who follow you who want to see. What you're putting out there, what your content is, what's what's new, and suddenly you can't reach them anymore.
2: Yeah, people unfollow you because they assume you're just not posting. Yeah,
3: or I've had people say that they have found that they've been unfollowed from my account, and that's (gasps) happened to me as well.
2: I've had this on Twitter as well. Well, I've had a few people message me about it. Yeah, totally and then really. you have
3: to send them a message and be like, I'm so, so sorry, sorry. Uh, my account's followed your account, oh, account and you're it. like,
2: yeah. I've noticed my following <laughs> yeah. count because I'm yeah. trying to keep really close eye on my phone, I'm yeah. like, There's something fishy is going on here, I know something is going <laughs> on, and my followers, or following even, sorry, goes up and down by like yeah. one or two, yeah. I'm like, who are these people Is. Following and unfollowing. It's quite over it was 599 to 600. And I'm like... So weird, isn't it? There's one person that I'm definitely not following or unfollowing anyone. Yeah. (gasps) Someone's
3: been taken off. It's
2: so bizarre. And I've I've had some really weird things go on with Instagram. I had a cover of Vogue um, Portugal. And it quite obviously has a woman's nipple in it. She's floating in the pool. You might have seen it image. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. I shared it on my story twice. (laughs) And I reported it from my cat's account. Just to see what would happen. And it got taken down. And it didn't send me any warning. So I think Instagram knows... That it's against the rules. Yeah, which is bizarre. It's fashion as well. Do you find yeah. the malice crosses over with kind of the fashion industry? Do you think there is, I was? I was with that
3: might be, it might be kind of okay yeah. because of that, but it's it's not now. It <laughs> yeah, no, and even um can you know, we were talking earlier about kind of with the swimwear? Yeah, and I was using the hashtag malice swim, and that's been banned and then I was like, Oh, I could just use Malice Swimwear but that would have been pre banned and these are from like my personal account as well that I was trying to use it. So you
2: you were telling me earlier that you found it's these hashtags have kind of linked your accounts so they've shadow banned you across all of your accounts.
3: Yeah, yeah, because I was like, Oh this is nice my personal account is just so boring stuff that I like to post and stuff. But I do post work related things on there and I was like, oh it's this was a good way still. Yeah. Uh but but no. Wow. (laughs) Where do you see the censorship heading? Oh god, it's a scary thought. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. We are chatting about American abortion bans, etc. Yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot to think about because I can't see it getting better anytime no. soon. And I think we just got to keep making noise about it. But the amount of people I speak to don't know about shadow banning and don't know about it because it doesn't affect them because they use That's instagram so for their just like their personal pictures and stuff. people
2: wouldn't know i think unless you use it as a business tool and you look yeah. at it as religiously as we do yeah there's there's just no reason for people to check their insights or anything like that
3: yeah absolutely and i probably wouldn't if i didn't use it for work yeah but I same wouldn't i wouldn't talk myself over it. it's very stressful so, yeah i like to think <laughs> that if i knew what was going on i would be annoyed about it as well yeah. and I would want to take a stand about it as well because any sort of censorship, that's especially true. women's bodies yeah. and things like that isn't cool and it's only going to seep into the rest of exactly, it as well. Exactly, that's the
2: thing. If it's already started to leak into fashion brands and, and, yeah. and clothing brands etc then it's only going to keep spreading further and wider. People don't know about it. Yeah. How do you think that's we're going to really... get people to realise?
3: i think it's just talking about it, keeping making noise about it just yeah. telling people about it and trying to get people and maybe people will like start to care when their instagram is just full of pictures of food and they're yeah, like where were it. all the cool where was all the art that all i used that... to see on there yeah. and all the clothing brands that i like and the models that i follow and the performers and then when they're suddenly not there anymore maybe that's when people will kind of start to
2: yeah. So we've schedule. all got to really like club together and Yeah. And and talk about it and spread the word, etc. Definitely. Oh, fuck me, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long, long journey. <sighs> yeah. So you let's go back to your ME because I yeah. find this really fascinating. I think I've heard you speak about it a few times on social media. Yeah. Do you find you like to share your experience with people or is it something that doesn't really define you in your life at all?
3: It's something um I do talk about a little bit. Um but not that much. Yeah, it's something that yeah I don't feel really defined by it. Um, but I do think it is important to speak about because I like to see other people's stories about it, yeah. especially when they're like, I've been having a bad time, but things are better mm. and they're doing well. Last year, actually, I had for the first time in quite a long time a bad relapse, oh, no. and I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Oh. I got migraines. I got eczema, I was having oh, panic attack Like this weird like anxiety that I never had it? before. Yeah, it was crazy and I had to close the business for like a month in total and then that was obviously stressing me out yeah. as well and I was really found actually that um, one thing that I realised was how much my sort of self-esteem and self-worth was caught up in the success of what I do yes, professionally. I um, completely understand this. Yeah, and I was like wow, I hadn't really realised that before because I could even when I was working, I was only kind of just doing the orders that were coming in. I wasn't doing, pushing the business forward in how I wanted. So it wasn't growing in the way yeah. that I wanted. And I was really taking its toll how I felt about myself. And it I was it like, does, isn't it? Yeah. I realized
2: recently, um, through my sobriety, the divide between myself as like a regular person and, and Rebecca Crouch. So it's the persona I've invented. Yeah. Do you find that you are subjected to the same things online? Like people have this like impression of you and you hold this impression
3: of yourself in your head. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. bit, well, I try and keep myself quite a bit separate from yeah. Malice as a brand, and then like just me. so yeah. it's not too too linked in because I want to. Yeah, project Malice as like this totally cool. Yeah, awesome thing, and it's then its own entity. Yeah, it's, it's own entity. Yeah, and then that's just me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, <then there's laughs> like, me being yeah, amazing yeah, over yeah. here,
2: running everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, do you have any advice for anyone that might have a chronic illness or something? and they really want to start their own business but they're worried like you about taking time off and stuff
3: I would say I think you just have to give it a go and yeah. just try and be kind to yourself and mm. don't be too hard on yourself and you are more than just your productivity you know that's, that doesn't define who you are yeah. So if you can't do something you can't do it and you know try and you know obviously I said say yes to everything yeah but you know try and balance that a little yeah bit. be kind <laughs> like to your body well. be kind to your mind yeah. all and of just, these things yeah just look after yourself but definitely do it and it's I think for people I think a lot of people with chronic illnesses end up running small creative businesses because it's probably the only way they can get an income really yeah. so I think yeah just, just do it
2: it does seem like the ideal solution really for somebody that May need to like flexible working hours, etc., things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This is like a great option. I, I don't think I've ever seen it in that kind of light before. Yeah. But you've really inspired me, Hannah. It's Aww. fucking awesome. Thank you thank so you. much for chatting with me. Yeah, thank
3: you for having That's me. All it's all right. Great.
2: You're amazing, Hannah. What's next for Melissa Landry? You've just brought out a line of banging swimwear. Yeah. The what's swimwear. coming up in the
3: works? I'm so excited about. We just shot the new lookbook. <gasps> uh, shot it with a local photographer in Bristol. She's great, and she yes. just works with small ethical businesses which is really cool um do you find yourself
2: do you think of yourself as a sustainable (laughs) yeah i try to yeah Yeah,
3: kind of looking into it so try and minimize rubbish Mm, all of that stuff good looking at getting yeah it never comes with plastic i've realized man it's
2: all recyclable yep
3: love that just trying to keep it it's important to me and hopefully i think getting more and more important to customers as well yes brands vegan and all of that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. something that I noticed about malice. Again, it's another thing that really makes you stand out. Oh.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Anna, thank you so much. It's been amazing yeah, to speak to great. you. Thanks you so. are an incredible lady. No, um, and I want every, every pattern of bikini that you have. Because uh, I just absolutely. love all the
3: material. Absolutely. do you agree, Vaughn? Vaughn is furiously nodding
2: her head. Right, what beautiful humans. We're going to go and play with Super Fun Lingerie. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Hannah, you're a diamond. Thank you. Thanks,
3: Thank you. you Thanks for having (laughs) me.
0: See you later, guys. Bye. Hold up.